Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. I've been traveling lately and having a great time. When you add it up, I've traveled 40,600,000,000 miles. Sounds impressive, doesn't it? Well, those are the totals for my journey on planet Earth since I was born, whirling in orbit around the sun year after year for 70 years. Over 40 billion miles. No wonder I enjoy a nap on Sunday afternoon. Hi. I'm Larry Payne, your host for Tracks for the Journey. I appreciate you tuning in as I start the podcast for the second half of the 2022 season. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. I'm glad you found us. Tracks for the Journey is dedicated to building your well-being through progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, science, and history. Over these three and a half years, I've covered topics ranging from climate change to trust in marriage, sex, racism, and even love. Links to all those episodes can be found on my website, tracksforthejourney.com. If you're a regular listener, I do appreciate your faithfulness, and I hope that you've enjoyed what we've covered over these years. There's some exciting things coming in this second half of 2022. Today, I'd like to share some ideas I've developed from reflections during my 70th birthday this month. I hope these thoughts will advance your well-being. I think they're worthwhile no matter what your age. And no matter how many miles you've traveled on Mother Earth, I trust that we can share some thoughts today that will make your life and well-being much better. We know that every good traveler has a starting place. You have to have some place to begin from as you go forward on your journey. We pack our bags with the clothes and equipment we've accumulated in the past, of course. The ladies may prepare a makeup bag with just the right beauty products. The guys may never leave home without a favorite pair of shoes. And having the right clothes is a key factor. So we carefully choose from our closet the right bathing suit, sweater, or jeans to fit the occasions of the trip ahead. My first reflection is about the need to know your past. Where we are at this moment is built on our past, of course. That means genetics, childhood experiences, cultural influences, and transformative events. I am who I am today because my father's family arrived in America around 1750 as Caucasians immigrating from England. 
I am who I am today because I was raised in a Midwestern middle-class home, am the youngest of three children, have a doctor's degree in theology, have never been arrested, and all those and a thousand more factors are barnacled to my ship on this voyage of life. You have your own history. It's full of blessings or curses, victories, and the unalterable genes within each cell of your body. Now here's the important choice about this trip. Own what has happened. Don't deny it, run from it, hide behind it, or surrender to it. Accept what has happened and who you are today. All of that is in your bags as you make this journey. So figure out how to live with the baggage. For example, let's think about David. David had never considered what was behind his angry outbursts that sometimes disrupted work or certainly his family. The volcano of his rage just erupted sometimes. Then there came a time when he talked with his brother about the nights of terror they had experienced when Dad came home drunk and looking for a fight. The memories of those awful nights flooded back after he had talked to his brother. And suddenly, his own rage as an adult began to make sense. As we turn to the scripture, we read that the community of Jesus carried the story of his last meal with his disciples. Jesus left them with a simple meal that symbolized his work of love and redemption. Do this in remembrance of me, were his words. And just as the Christian community has experienced a connection with the memory of Jesus in this ritual across all the centuries of human history, in that same way, each of us brings our past into dynamic connection with the present. It is through the act of remembering, to facing our past, and realizing that we must deal with it and carry it forward. Whether we remember the sad times or the spiritual moments, we should embrace our past and carry it forward in healthy ways. Let me suggest something. Let me suggest that you write about your memories. This act may open a deeper engagement with the past and understanding of the present. So before you go any further on your journey, work on unpacking your baggage and then repacking it for the times ahead. A second thought comes to me after these 70 orbits around the sun, and that focuses on the present. We must adapt to the present moment. Just as a traveler might adapt to the weather, so we must adapt to the trials or triumphs of this moment. We travel well only when we're grounded in the reality of today. Now, this is more difficult than it sounds because the present moment may hold disappointment, loss or failure. We may think about Gerald, for instance, who deeply regrets his moral failure that messed up a good marriage, yet he refuses marital counseling. Or about Leah, who's overusing painkillers to numb her paralyzing anxiety in her work situation. The challenge we face each day comes in adapting to the reality when the stormy clouds fill the sky. It seems easier to deny the problems, numb the pain, or run away from the issues. 
Accepting the reality of our present moment, though, doesn't mean shrugging our shoulders or saying with resignation, whatever. Acceptance means honestly acknowledging what is happening now without defensive judgment of ourselves or avoiding the experience. We allow the feeling to be what it is, as a doorway to releasing new ways of coping. In fact, acceptance is a cornerstone of what we call resilience. Emotional resilience finds a way to cope with the hardships by working through them in a realistic way. Life is hard sometimes, you bet. But we can find a way forward if we accept the present situation and feelings, then adapt as necessary. Over 20 years ago, I went through this as a pastor. I had to face the reality that I was burned out with the disappointments of the work I was doing. After 14 years in the same church, I felt wounded by the struggles with the members, denominational fights, and disappointing results. This was a hard thing to admit. I'd logged over 25 years as a pastor, and I had worked through lots of problems. But I couldn't shake the frustration, weariness, and even anger that I felt at that time. My identity and work were challenged. And it was a long struggle to accept that bitter reality. Once I did, I could reach out for support and devote positive energy to finding a new direction for service. So let me ask you, what part of your present experience is the hardest to face? You might find out by acknowledging the secrets hid at the back of your closet. If you'll open that closet and honestly face what you don't want to talk about, Then you can find some answers for the present moment. I hope you'll have the courage to pull those troubling things out and to examine them and accept them for what they are. Based on that reality, you can adapt to the present moment of your journey and find a way forward. The third insight I would share from 70 years of riding around the sun is the importance of building a network of trusted people. Sometimes, solo travelers are featured as they may hike the Pacific Coast Trail or sail around the world alone. If we look behind the scenes, however, we find that there's a support team. For that lone sailor, there's someone back home tracing the signals from the boat. From the hiker, there's someone who's encouraging. In her book, Wild, Cheryl Strayed tells the story of her hike on the 1,000-mile Pacific Crest Trail. For much of the trip, she was alone. Yet there were also strangers who helped along the way. In her words, Most of the people I met on the trail passed only briefly through my life, but I was enriched by each one of them. They made me laugh, They made me think. They made me go on another day. And most of all, they made me trust entirely in the kindness of strangers. In a real sense, Cheryl is saying that she could not have done the journey alone without all the people that she met and those who were behind her encouraging her. It takes work to build a network. Now men, I'm looking across cyberspace right at you. 
we as guys aren't the best about this friendship business and building a network. Oh, we've got our golfing buddies or the guys we drink coffee with at work or a relative that we might call every once in a while. But the average man in America is woefully short of the kind of best friends that we need. A researcher named Daniel Cox reported last year about data that revealed 15% of American men have no close friends at all, and only 27% have more than six guys they connect with. Those numbers have actually worsened dramatically over the past 25 years. The reality is, we as men are suffering for this. Anxiety, depression, dementia, and heart disease increase when we're chronically lonely. Guys, how long you live is partially connected to how many friends you have. Several factors are in play here, but one of them is that we as guys just don't work enough at building connections by being involved in social life. I think it's time for that to change. Now, I found this factor at work in me when I retired from full-time employment. Before December 21st, 2017, I was with people eight hours a day at work, and then eight hours a day with my wife and acquaintance, and eight hours to sleep. You probably have a schedule that's very similar. But after that day, 50% of my human connection stopped. <laughs> I didn't go to work every day. And I was glad for not having to live with the burden of being a hospital chaplain, but I often longed with some interaction with others. Thankfully, I had other avenues like a healthy marriage and church activities and recreation that I did. But I understand now, much more than I did then, how valuable it is to have a strong network of people around me who care and support. Building a good friendship does require time and attention. I would suggest choosing an acquaintance you already know. Then take some specific extra actions to enlarge that connection, like getting a drink after work or attending the same sporting event. Investing some effort now will bring a good return later. After all, we are on the same planet together, and so making that journey around the sun is a lot more fun when you build a strong network of fellow travelers on this big old planet. If you would enjoy some good reading in the weeks ahead, I invite you to open my website and follow the link to a book that I wrote a few years ago. It's entitled Journey to Friendship, a Memoir. And it tells the story of my life and my wife during 1976. Now, that may sound like a long time ago, and it was. It was the bicentennial year for America. And it was a time of tumult and change that was going on all across the nation. A presidential election was in progress that would change the course of history. During that year, my wife and I were finishing seminary and moving towards a career. We were starting our family, and we were struggling with the intrigues of growing up in this very different time. So it's a light-hearted book, sharing newlywed adventures and launching careers, 
and reflecting on what it means to be a disciple of Christ in a world like that. I think you'll find it a really interesting story of self-discovery and retrospect on a very special era in American history. As I said, you can go to the website and find a link to this book. It's available on Amazon as a Kindle ebook or as a paperback. And I hope that you'll look at it and enjoy it. Let me also say that for the first three readers that contact me on the Facebook page, I will send you a coupon for a reduced price for this book. Again, I hope you'll enjoy some light-hearted look at times gone past. I really appreciate you listening today. As I've talked about some lessons learned in these many years of riding around this planet, We've talked about looking at our past and making sure that we have accepted what's going on. We've talked also about the present and how we need to live in this reality and start adapting to it. And then the network of friends is so important. The final thing that I'll share is how important it is to encounter God. We need a meaning beyond ourselves to experience the best ride on Mother Earth. A wise traveler really knows there's more to a given place that he may be visiting than just the best restaurant or exciting theme park. Every place we visit has a history and a meaning in the life of society. And it's fun to learn about those new places and sometimes challenges our own limited viewpoints. Years ago, I spent a few days in a small German town as a part of a church mission group. The town and the family I stayed with could not have been kinder to me and to our entire group. Yet, they were also honest about the utter devastation from Allied bombing during World War II that wrecked their little town. Their stories of survival and resiliency to rebuild inspired me far more than anything I shared with them. And it connected us to a larger meaning of following Jesus, the Prince of Peace, even in times of difficulty. I've come to understand that God's presence is truly in all things and all people. This is larger than the traditional attribute of God called eminence, which had the idea that God might occasionally show up close to human life as he did with the prophets of Israel in bringing them a message at a certain time in their lives. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul brought a different perspective as he preached in Athens, quote, God is not far from any one of us. In God we live and move and have our being, End quote. The doctrine of panentheism teaches that the reality of God pervades every entity in the universe with loving, creative presence. And I think that's a better way to think about God and our lives. At this moment, we are the place where God is active. The divine is urging us, working around and in us towards abundant life. We have the choice of encountering God involved and embedded in every process of life. Theologian Bruce Epperly writes, God is always present 
providing us with creative and life-supporting visions at every moment of life. The whole earth, as the prophet Isaiah discovered, is full of God's glory. We live in a God-filled universe and can experience divine guidance and care every moment of the day. If we let this sink in, the truth changes how we live. In the biblical stories, the wisdom of God, called in Greek Sophia, gave her help to the people of Exodus and will give us instruction now. Jesus calmed the frightened disciples in a storm-tossed boat and will do the same for me in times of turmoil. The Spirit inspired the early Christians to feed the hungry, and the same Spirit is doing that now. We should awaken to the joyful truth that a divine companion walks with us each step of our journey. Okay, you might say, Larry, you shared four ideas learned in traveling 40 billion miles. You're definitely a slow learner. And I must agree with that. But maybe four ideas are enough for today. I hope you found a thought that will help you as you make the journey over tomorrow and the next day and the month beyond it. And by the way, while you've listened to this 15-minute podcast, you've traveled over 16,000 miles on Mother Earth. I hope it's been a good day for you. Thank you for sharing this time with me today. I hope these insights have given you some thought to reflect on what you've learned over the past years. And if you've liked what you've heard on Tracks for the Journey, share your recommendation with a friend. You can also connect with me in a couple of different ways. You can go to Facebook and find the Tracks for the Journey page and enter into the discussion. You can also go to my website, tracksforthejourney.com, and there find many more resources that you can use for your well-being. Tracks for the Journey is produced at the Bright Star Studio, all rights reserved, and the hosting is by my friends at buzzsprout.com. Music is from pixabay.com. Keep making tracks for your journey to well-being.